Hello, and welcome to episode eight of Mended Hope, the podcast highlighting stories of hope. I'm your host, Dr. Tiana, and this episode features Alicia, a corporate manager, church leader, wife, and mother, sharing her experience with reproductive technologies, secondary fertility challenges, and she also details how she balances the scientific expertise of doctors with God's sovereignty. I am Alicia Clarity. I am a barista at Caribou Coffee. I've worked there for about eight years, and I'm married to my husband, and we've been married for eight years in October. Um, we have yes. one little boy who's four, and we're trying for another. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's beautiful. Congratulations on eight years of marriage. Thank you. That's amazing. And it's hard. So, <laughs> I, I bet. I mean, yes, I shouldn't say I bet. I know. Yeah. <laughs> marriage is the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So yeah. but so worth yeah. it. But so would you mind talking a little bit about your journey to motherhood up until this point where you have your four-year-old little boy? Well, we said that we wanted to try it like right away since I'm a little older than my husband. So we tried for maybe like two, three years and struggled. And so I decided to go and actually get checked out. And the doctor luckily was a family friend. And so uh, I don't think, do you know Stacy Noise? No. Oh, well, she went to Passion Church with us. Okay. yeah. Um, so I, I was talking to her about it and she asked me to come in to the clinic and she could check me out and then we could talk about how we could get pregnant. Okay. So with Kale, I had to take pills the first year, actually. So as soon as I started with Dr. Stacy, mm-hmm. she actually checked me out, make sure that I was healthy, obviously. And then yeah. like if there was any complications with my uterus or my ovaries because I did okay. have a lot of cysts when I was younger. Okay. Um, and then after that, she uh, discussed my options like with like pills, like okay. to help you uh, ovulate. Okay. And then um, she's like, yeah, we can trigger you to like ovulate. And then um, we could like tell you when to like be intimate with your husband and then to get pregnant. And okay. after like four months, like it was a struggle. The first three I... I was just like, I'm going through the motions. I don't want to do this anymore. The last one we tried and it was a one try. And I'm like, I'm done. I don't even want to do this anymore. This is this sucks. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm tired yeah. of seeing negative pregnancy tests. And like, I actually thought I was starting my cycle. And I was like, Stacy, I'm done. I'm going to take a break. We can start the next month later. And okay. she's like, no, we're going to keep going. But I need you to take a pregnancy test just to make sure. <laughs> and um, I took a pregnancy test. I, I was like, I'm not going to, it's not going to be positive at all. And I'm already expecting the negative and I was pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Now jump to four years. <laughs> okay. Kale. Um, okay. We actually wanted to start having more. We thought maybe we should just go to the same, um, clinic that we went to go through Dr. Stacy and she actually uh, retired. So I had to go through uh, another woman and she wasn't as thorough 
as Dr. Noise was. And okay. so we we just stopped. It wasn't working. She just handed us medicine, like, go for it. And if it doesn't work, then I don't know what to tell you. And so we stopped and I actually reached out to Dr. Noise about it. And she gave me some um, suggestions of other people that could um, Great. I could go and see. Okay. And so I went to another clinic that specializes in fertility. I forgot my doctor's name. But yeah, she uh, she actually did a lot more testing and she um, walked with me like hand in hand, like as we were taking the medicine and um, she was checking to see if I had eggs developing. She, she was just more thorough. It didn't work. <laughs> Okay. And we tried for about a year with her and she's like, well, I want to discuss you actually going to a fertility clinic now. Right. Okay. It was something that like that was scary for me. Yeah. Like, that uh, idea of in vitro was something that I didn't, you know, and then also to not be fertile. Like I was given the uh, thought that since I had kale, usually people who have their ch- like a first child after that, it's usually easier for you to conceive. And so I was already going into that when I, you know, went in and took those first tests or when I got more medicine after like we decided to have a second one, I was like going in like, okay, this is going to be easy. And it didn't, it didn't work. So her saying after a year of trying with her, it, uh, like that was a hit. Like my body doesn't want to do what it's supposed to do. Telling my husband that I was sorry that I couldn't, you know, give him. Yeah. It's okay. I totally understand. So, okay. So what I'm hearing you say thus far is that you had tried you had spent some time, you said two to three years trying and you decided hey, I'm going to consult with someone. Yeah. You consulted with someone and they worked very well because they were thorough. Yeah. And then you got your super baby <laughs> and, and you know you gave that some time to settle in and then you decided you wanted to go back. And at that point, then you had to change providers. And even right. it sounds like even clinics, you had to change clinics. <laughs> And yep. so in doing that, you know, like you said, you didn't have as thorough of a provider. And so you advocated for yourself and you sought alternative options. You mm-hmm. found someone that you connected with more. You worked with them for a year. So was this person then just a part of like a primary clinic or um, when you say they referred you to an actual fertility clinic? Uh, she actually worked at uh, the hospital. Okay. So okay. Um, she's part of um, North Memorial. So, okay. yeah, so I worked with her and then she uh, suggested me going to another like fertility clinic. Yeah. And I, can't even, I forgot the name. <laughs> and she told me the, the doctor that actually I asked uh, Dr. Noyes, I texted okay. her and I, um, I told her what was happening. And I asked if I was going to pick a clinic because they gave me three like different clinics in our area. And she told me like who the person I should go to. Okay. Um, and so I made an appointment and uh, we started the same process. Okay. Um, and then for IUIs, I, yep. I actually, mm-hmm. uh, I started doing that. And 
I don't know how long I've been doing that. It's It's been about a year, I would okay. say. Um, and then in January, I, I met with her because it it wasn't working. Like mm-hmm. they say three tries and then they, you know, want to come together and like re regroup and like talk yeah. about what other options there are Absolutely. for us or if yeah. we want to continue going okay. forward. And um, so in January, I, I told her that I wanted to stop. And okay. I also changed healthcare through work. And so we, before I was getting free IUIs and now um, I was able to have uh, in vitro is actually like they cover my company covers the cost up to $60,000. Yeah. So, but it's an upfront, you have to pay like upfront and then they'll reimburse you after. Okay. But uh, okay. like that was a huge, like a huge deal when we um, decided, like she actually was like, well, if you want to do in vitro, this is the steps. And I told her like, well, that is something that we're interested in doing now. That way, since we're struggling with the IUIs. And I told her that I didn't want to start right away. We actually had a family vacation in February. And I told her that I wanted to start in March. And I haven't been back to see her. And like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I think there's fear. Yeah not sure if it's going to work. Yeah. The pain, like talking mm-hmm. to, like, I, I know another lady who is like, actually I met her through work mm-hmm. and she was going through um, in vitro and she was telling me about her, her struggles through it and like what you'll probably go through. Yeah. And that's scary. Yeah. And I don't know Absolutely. if I wanted to put my body through that. Like, I already had like migraines from um, the hormones and and sacrificing and then yeah. like mood swings. I didn't like myself mm-hmm. and I didn't want to make my family suffer like with just because I wanted to have another baby. So it's like, yeah. I don't know. Right now I'm in a place where I don't know. Like I want huh. another baby. Like I see all these like... Um, baby announcements which it hurts yeah. and it makes me want it even more yeah. um but also i i don't want to put myself through like torture <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean it's mm-hmm. it's not it's good torture because the end result or the hope of the end result um Absolutely. but you know like you're to your body and you're going through all this it's, it's uncomfortable yeah. so um I wasn't sure. I, I don't know. I yeah, and that's hesitant. okay. Yeah, and that's okay. I'm a little hesitant right now. Like, I mean, we've talked about it. Yeah. Um, more lately, but like, I also like the like the spiritual side. Yep. Um, we can talk about that. So, uh, yeah. you know, I've been trying to trust in God. Like, He gave me Kale. Yes. Like, I didn't think I would get him and he's a miracle. He actually shouldn't even be alive right now. Like there were so many complications and he's here. So like that is a miracle and God wanted to give to me. And then like there was a service, a worship service. And um, I don't know, like, like they were having like a, like altar calls and mm-hmm. I wasn't going up. I was just sitting in the back and like yeah. just knowing like, hearing him say that he'll do it again. I can do it again. Like, you know, I did it before yeah. and I can do it again. And I, 
I took that as a promise from him. And I trust him in everything. I doubt, but I trust him. Right. I know that he can do it because I've seen it. And um, it's just like, but sometimes like Satan does like to like creep in and like give you thoughts like, no, like it's taking this long. Honestly, they said that I was one of the youngest in the fertility clinic um, who was trying. Um, And like, I don't know. And seeing how like people are getting pregnant, like my husband's aunt, she got pregnant. Like she had struggled from her first to her second. Um, Her first child is like 15 and she just, uh, her uh, second is four. So same age as Kale. And um, she struggled and like, it just happened. So it's like, you know, and she's like in her forties. So like, there's no limit of what so God can do. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. he, like, it doesn't matter the age. Like, I feel like I'm 18 right now. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm yeah. not, but like, right. you know, the body is amazing. It can do yep. amazing things. And like, so like it can be later or, you know, sooner. I, I don't know. But like right now, I think mainly I, I kind of stopped too because I, I want to see like, okay, God, you said that you're going to do it again. Yeah. Let me see it. Let you do that. Like show me, you know, like, I, I kind of like want to say, you know, you, you said you're going to do it, prove it. Like I'm waiting. I, I know you're going to do it, but like, when? Wow. So, yeah. 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 That's and the, the waiting is hard, especially seeing everybody else getting pregnant. Yeah. And, and sometimes I feel a little selfish. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm so happy for them, but I feel, you know, anger a little bit. Like, can you like stop wanting that in front of me? Like, really do you not know that there are many people out here that are struggling yeah. Yeah. like one in particular like there's a woman I know I'll be unnaming I them but know um, who you're talking about <laughs> yeah like having six babies and wanting a seventh I know you know <laughs> yep you know exactly who I'm talking about but um like yeah, yeah and I know that she she doesn't mean to like do that as like I, I know her heart and I know oh, yeah. that she's not trying to hurt or mm-hmm. make somebody feel bad. Like this is mm-hmm. just something that she wants. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's hard. Like you're, yeah. you're going for seven and you're sad because you didn't, you, you didn't get pregnant this time. Like for real, like people, like, I know I, I, I'm blessed that I have one. Um, mm-hmm. But like, you know, like people are just struggling for like just, another and you're just you're flaunting that like I mean it, it must be nice to, to be able to like produce babies it must be nice like my my sister my my brother their mm-hmm. their families they're they're able to grow I, I question like what why why yeah. am I made differently why like why did I, yeah why like why am I different and so I'm sorry yeah <laughs> no I totally get it um but I think that there's space for both, you know? I think that there's space for us to be happy for them and still sad for ourselves, you know? Yeah. I think that I think that there's space for both. And I think just, and I think honoring that is the most loving thing that you can do, you know? Because oftentimes people just don't know, you know? Like they're not thinking <laughs> that, yeah. you know, this could be a sensitive thing for you, um, even people that are close to you, you know, may not be thinking that 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 could be a painful 
um, reminder of like what is not. Um, Yeah. So yeah, I, I totally can connect with that. So, okay. So you've kind of detailed already a little bit about, um, the interventions that you've sought and been open to. Um, and so can you talk a little bit about any hesitations that you had with sharing your fertility challenges with your family who you Um, just mentioned are very fruitful? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, like I, I I never really talked about it with my, um, my siblings. I more, um, I think I'm a little more open with my mom. Okay. She, I, I talked to her a lot about it. And she actually struggled after having all three of us. She uh, remarried. Okay. And, but after my brother, she had her tubes tied. And um, she okay. did a, re- like, a reversal on her. And um, she, she struggled. I got to like watch her like try wow. and not be able to have babies with uh, her now husband. So. Okay actually talking to her about it that that was actually really helpful and then also knowing that she's a prayer warrior um how strong she is she prayed for me like like Mm -hmm. she was going to war for me yeah um but yeah like I talked to her about it other people like if I if it came up it wasn't it's not really a big deal for me to like I mean it's like at the drop of a hat like talking to somebody yeah. Like it's, it's hard. Like I wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. like bring it up. Right. But if like the topic kind of comes out, you know, yeah. like I'm more open to okay. it. Like I'm not, a, okay, this is weird. I don't know if you'll get it. I'm not ashamed to like tell my story. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm more like, I'm upset that I can't do what I'm supposed to do as a woman for my husband you know mm. that's the, that's the thing like that's the frustrating part like we were made to create and mm. I'm not doing that <laughs> so yeah like, I, I think a lot of women can relate to that I think there's something about I talked with another um woman about this recently about as women we produce like we produce in our jobs, we produce, you know, yeah. like, like, you know, the husband, I think Pastor Jonathan has talked about this before, like the husband gives you a house and you produce a home, you know, right. like we are naturally inclined to produce. And it's like in this space, when we feel like we're unable to produce, um, yeah. it's like, it's really disorienting because you're yeah. like, wait a second, like, you know, yeah. like, it doesn't really make you feel like a, an actual natural woman. Mm, talk more about that. I just don't feel like I'm, like, it doesn't make me feel any more feminine. Like, it, there's something wrong with me. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> That's always been in my head. Like, I can't do that. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Can you talk a little bit about how you balance respecting the scientific expertise of doctors while acknowledging God's sovereignty? Because I heard you say before, you you have the proof with Kale that he did it once and you believe he can do it again. Right. 
I, you know, like, yes, God created doctors. He created medicine Mm -hmm. to, you know, help. Like sometimes like we just need to like, well, okay. So I, I feel like God, he doesn't like it when we're sitting on our butts and like just pouting about it and not doing anything to help ourselves. Like, yeah, he, he wants to be there and like, to like to help, but you know what? Sometimes we got to like go out there and actually do it for ourselves and then he'll make it happen. So when I struggled with kale, I, you know, first like talking to my mom and praying um, and then like seeking out a doctor, like who could possibly help. So like he provides these things for us. So I I really don't think it's a, I'm going to use them basically. I'm going to use what he has, you know. I love that. So I I, I have no shame and like, and whether or not, like, yeah, they're, they're there to help um, with that. But I feel like God has a bigger hand where he, you know, like he can make it happen if he wants to or not. Like he can like, oh, well, you know what? I'm not going to have that egg go out, you know, Mm -hmm. still Mm -hmm. able to stop the process. Like, oh, it's not the right time. I don't want you to do that now. Like, so it's not going to happen, but you know, um, when it is time, then I'll remove my hand and then let it happen. So it's, I think both of them, like they work together. Like he created these doctors to, you know, to help. So I love that. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Do you have a piece of advice for women struggling to find resolve in an actual diagnosis? Like being told that they, you know, have, PCOS or that they are only ovulating every other month or that they're infertile. Um, Some women have that diagnosis. I just think that you should always be prepared for, I feel like I have to be prepared for the worst sometimes, Mm -hmm. Um, but um, allow yourself to, to let it go. Like grieve if you have to, like I'm one that holds on to, my pain. And it took a lot to finally like tell my husband that like, it sucks that I'm not able to give you a family that you want. Um, but I think just like finding someone that you trust and that who's solid in their faith to like mm. to be there for you, who won't have like anything to say, but just to be there. I yeah. think um, just, just let it go to them. Like, just like talk and like grieve and be angry get it out and then figure out, okay, well, what's the next step? What can I do next? You know, like take that time to like actually embrace that Mm -hmm. and then like figure out what you're going to want to do next. So it's like taking a moment to assess yeah, and then figuring out how you need to adjust. Right. And then moving forward. Right. I like it. That's wonderful. What? This is the last question. What gives you hope? Like I said before, um, he did it once and I know that he'll do it again. It just may not be in my time. I love that. So you have the evidence. (laughs) Yes. I love it. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much thank for, you for taking me. the time to um, 
talk with me and just share your your heart and your story, um, I really believe it's going to touch um, so many women, um, particularly particularly the point of hesitant about starting the IVF um, process. And as someone who has done it, uh, <laughs> you know, don't get me wrong. Like, it's very, it was very difficult. Um, but I guess, I guess for me, I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I chose, I chose my focus. And so th- that wasn't my focus. I, I chose to really focus on the outcome. Yeah. And I knew that delay did not mean denial. And so in that moment, it was like, these shots are killing me. Like, <laughs> like, like I am not myself. Um, but I knew that it was only temporary. Um, yeah. you know, I knew that it was temporary. And so I think that that's what really helped me um, push through it and having, a, you know, a supportive partner who was like literally administering, I think at some point we got up to like five or six shots a day. Um, and so like having him to just be like, okay, this is what we're doing. You know, <laughs> it's just like, this is what we're doing. And it was like, okay, you know, and so it, it, it helped it. And, and now, you know, it, it's kind of a distant memory, you know, of like, yeah, I remember the pain. I definitely remember the uncomfortableness. <laughs> um, but, you know, we chose to have embryos frozen. Um, just because of the process that we're going through with um, cancer treatment, but um, yeah, it, it was. It still was like, all right, like this is well. This is just a step in the process. This is yeah. a step to get us to the dream that we have for the family that we want. So, yeah. I am going to continue praying for you um, and you. for your family and. I know that you'll, you know, you'll make the right decision that needs to be made for you and your family. Thank you for tuning in to Mended Hope Podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe if this week's podcast topic was meaningful for you. You can also keep up with us in between episodes on Instagram or Facebook. Have a wonderful rest of your week and may these stories of hope continue to be a reminder of what is possible. God is with you. He is for you.